Good evening and welcome to Eastern Camp 2017. I want to thank Brother Mark for all of his efforts, his introduction of my brother and me, <laughs> perhaps raised some memories gone past of fear and trepidation of what this year might hold with my brother and I being together at Eastern Camp. But this year it is just me and my family and my wife. And for the sake that my wife is here and healthy. For the Lord's blessing and provision of health and for all of your prayers after two years ago when we learned that she was diagnosed with cancer around the time of Eastern Camp, that it meant the world to us and to me. We had all of you praying on our behalf. Um, while we were singing, I heard something in the crowd, and it's perhaps housekeeping, so if you'd bear with me, um, I just want to speak to a specific, not really a member of the audience, but something that's present here with us this evening. And that would be, okay, Google, in five seconds, remind me to set my phone on vibrate. And Siri, set my phone to vibrate. If you don't know what that means, ask your kids or ask someone of the younger generation. Because apparently you can speak to technology, it speaks back to you. And for that voice command, I'm hoping, for housekeeping's sake, that we all put our phones on silent for the duration of Eastern Camp. We're going to um, welcome uh, the Lord and his presence and blessing on this year's Eastern Camp. If you would bow your heads with me in prayer. Our Father and our God, for your, present, for your presence, we are thankful. For those here that have been granted traveling mercies, we are grateful. For all of the staff, for all of those who assist this year at Eastern Camp, we ask that you would bless them and their efforts. And the words that are spoken this year would be your truth, that we would be willing to choose, that our hearts our minds would be open to the choices that are before us. And that would include the choice of accepting your Son, Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen. I was telling my wife when we made the choice, and was given the opportunity to be here at Eastern Camp this year, that I look forward to seeing everyone. What I didn't know is that I'd be seeing all of you at once, so that makes it a little bit overwhelming. But I do think, um, as I get to see all of you, I want to extend, again, a personal thanks um, for all of your prayers and all of your support. This year's theme is found in the book of Joshua, so there's really no need for us to begin anywhere else but the book of Joshua. And that is in the 24th chapter. To give you the context of the reading, Joshua is addressing... God's people. We'll start with the 14th verse. Where Joshua had told God's people that the Lord had given them a promise through Abraham, had given them protection from their enemies, and had given them provision
Actually, perhaps let's read the entire chapter together. Joshua 24 reads, And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau, and I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. And I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterward, I brought you out. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt. And you came unto the sea, and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen into the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your own eyes have seen, your own eyes have seen what I had done in Egypt. And ye dwelt in the wilderness a long season, and I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side of Jordan. And they fought with you, and I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land, and I destroyed them before you. And Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam, therefore he blessed you. Still, so I delivered you out of his hand, and you went over Jordan and came unto Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Girgashites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I delivered them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword, and not with thy bow. And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwelt in them, and of the vineyards and olive yards, which ye planted not, do ye eat. Now therefore, here's verse 14, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you, to serve the Lord, choose ye this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage and which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore we will also serve the Lord for he is our God. And Joshua said unto the people, you cannot serve the Lord. For he is a holy God and he's a jealous God and he will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins if you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods. Then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you. After that he hath done you good. And the people say unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves that ye have chosen you the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. 
And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve, and his voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and took a great stone and set it up there an oak, under an oak. This was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us, for it had heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. It shall therefore uh, be a wit- it shall be therefore a witness unto you, lest ye deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, every man unto his inheritance. We'll stop the reading there for a moment and cover one of the words in our key uh, verse that comes up. So we have in our key verse for this year's theme, we have a verse that says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose ye this day, evil. In that case, we'll go back to the Hebrew word, ra'ah. So, that doesn't necessarily mean evil. That means undesired. That means, in today's technological generation, uncool, unwanted, undesirable. He uses the same word later on when... When Joshua is talking about the Lord will turn and do hurt unto you, that he will do unpleasant things unto you if you turn from the Lord. The key there, that when, when Joshua warns them that the Lord will do something that is perhaps undesirable, that first he was saying, you know what, if you think it's a bad thing to serve the Lord. If you think it's uncool, if you think it's socially uncool to serve the Lord, then choose. This morning, this evening's message, sorry, I'm used to saying this morning, so it's an evening service, so I'll say this evening. The message and the lesson for the evening is about making choices, and that the small choices in life sometimes add up to terrible consequences. Even those decisions, those small decisions where you just get stuck in a rut and don't know whether or not you should decide. I'm terrible myself at just making decisions. You'll see me in a grocery store aisle on an idle Saturday evening looking for cereal for the kids. And I'm staring at all these colors and all these boxes, and it's like, okay, well, this cereal is really bright and colorful and has mazes on it and jokes, and this other box looks like it's got healthy wheat, and okay, I'm not going to get that cereal. This other one looks like it has a prize inside, and the consequence of not making a choice as it's 10 o'clock and my wife pulls me out of there saying, just choose something already. The consequence of that, of even not making a decision sometimes, comes with the consequence. In this case, it's my kids not having breakfast cereal in the morning, but more importantly, when it comes to our souls, when it comes to a choice that is before us, that if we don't make the choice or the willingness to choose and to choose to be moved from our comfort zone and make a choice like Joshua presented to God's people, that sometimes those small decisions come with grave consequences. Just driving over here on the interstate, for those who make the the trek from Ohio at least, Some of you pass an exit on the turnpike. 
for Johnstown, Pennsylvania, a place that has suffered terrible consequences because of small decisions that led to disastrous results. Johnstown, Pennsylvania, its founder, Joseph Johns, had along what is a uh, little Kanama River. Over time, rivers were less important because rails became important. And at the turn of the century, the little Kanama River was dammed up. The South Fork Dam was created for the railroad and to hold back the Little Kanama. And over the course of a hundred years, it became a dam that would be holding back a vast amount of water. What started out as 10 feet became a hundred feet of water. Yet, along Johnstown, a number of towns in a burgeoning country, in a burgeoning state of Pennsylvania, in a burgeoning city, People from all over, from Europe, Germans and, and Yugoslavians, which perhaps is most of us here, settled in this town, a number of towns, with the Cambria Ironworks, hiring tens of thousands of people, creating the bustling industry in what is the little Kanama River and the Stony Creek right next to it. Over the years, in the South Fork Dam, well, the rich who lived at the top of the river, the little river, Kanama that was dammed off, they decided instead of the spillways letting all the fish through, we're going to grade it off so that we can enjoy the fishing and the hunting and the sport at the top of the river. In the same course of a hundred years, the poor would decide, you know what, there's scrap metal in there and all the spillways that would come around, they took 12-inch cast iron pipes out of the Stony Creek Dam, which allowed the water to rise higher and higher. And over the years, there would be a warning. There could be a flood. You'll need to seek higher ground. Sure enough, on May 28th, as the storms gathered over Kansas and Nebraska, it started to rain. All the men still went to work. All the children still went to school. Then Thursday came. And the rain still came. And then they started to worry because the water behind the dam was getting higher and higher. Then came a torrential downpour. Those 72 hours was the most amount of rain that area had ever seen. And the riders were sent out. The riders were sent with a message. Seek higher ground. Now, while you can still reach it, the Stony Creek Dam is in trouble. We can't let the water through. It was Friday. Folks were relaxed from a long week and had heard these calls to choose and seek higher ground when it rains over and over again and would say, you and your horse are cowards. I'm staying my ground. There's no reason to leave. All of the small decisions of selfishness or greed that caused the dam or simply the dam that was repaired with hay and, and, and things that, and soil that wasn't a rock foundation. Finally, the price came due. As the, as the riders came through at 12 o'clock and then 2 o'clock, as the creeks, the little creek, started rising to 10 feet deep, it started becoming more and more difficult to make that choice to seek a higher ground. 
when the dam finally burst, it had a hundred feet high, 40 miles an hour, that left bare rock for three towns. Main streets that had 30 families living along them. For those who didn't seek higher ground, paid the penalty for ignoring the small calls to choose to seek higher ground. Those small decisions led to the largest loss of life in American history in one day. Thousands of people who suffered because of the small decisions by others, but ultimately for themselves, to not heed the call to choose and seek higher ground. Three days is about the length, a little bit longer, a little bit shorter than the length of camp. And you will be asked to make the choice to seek God and then the choice to serve. To know who God is, who gave Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior before you can decide to serve. The most important fundamental question is whether or not you choose Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Those difficult decisions can come over three days or it can come in an instant. There is there's a case that we read, Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. We'll start with verse 13. Which in our theme verse sounds very familiar. But exhort one another daily, while it is still called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, Harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. Provocation, the day of rebellion. So the day of rebellion, what was that for Joshua when he said to God's people, who had been led through the wilderness for 40 years, a very long time. I just, I just hit my 40th birthday recently. Um, so to think my whole life, that folks were wandering through the wilderness and the times that they rebelled against God. There was a moment in the book of Numbers, chapter 16, that even Jude, in his, in his general epistle, warns about. The day of rebellion. Numbers, chapter 16. There was a man named Korah. And in his heart, he decided to rebel against God. He decided that he could do it better, that the way of the Lord wasn't as important. I'm going to go my own way in the day of rebellion. So what did Korah do? He got 250 of the most, it says in number 16, the most famous of the men, all the heads, in an echo chamber that would say, Korah, you're right. All Moses and Aaron did is lead us in circles. We need someone else to take charge. Moses isn't good enough. God's way isn't good enough. The church isn't good enough. The small rebellions, 
turned into Korah picking 250 of the most popular men in the area. And what did Moses say? Moses was pleading for the Lord to give Korah another chance. We read, we read that Korah had an opportunity to change his mind. And Moses said, tomorrow, if you make this choice to rebel against the Lord, we'll let God decide who is right. And for those who know the account of Korah, Moses said, Korah and the 250 of you, choose the Lord's way or the Lord will decide. And God said, Moses, take a step back and watch me at work. Moses and Aaron were told to step back from Korah. And Moses said, if you in your rebellion are right, may you live a long life. But if God does not accept rebellion, may you die a death that is so unfathomable, we'll know which way the Lord is turning. And with that, the earth opened up and swallowed Korah and closed up again. The 250 most popular who created that echo chamber that Korah relied on to believe socially, I'm doing the right thing, rebelling against God isn't all that bad. God sent fire down to consume them all in an instant. Korah had one day to choose. Even in modern times, the decision to choose can come down to mere moments. There is a place in this world that you could go to right now and have the entire area to yourself. Imagine that. And I've had that daydream sometimes myself. What if I could be in a shopping mall and all of it was mine, all the food, all the goods, all the, all the stuff that's available, and it's just me. That opportunity can be yours even today. There are towns that had to decide in an instant to leave it all behind. You see, the New York Times had in an article photos of this town where they had seconds to decide and to choose their fate, to have what they've had their whole life, what they're comfortable with, or make a completely unpopular, uncomfortable Decision to leave it all and go. There are photographers who have gone through the area. They've taken pictures of entire shopping centers where there's still money in the registers. There's still products on the shelves. And the newspaper on the shelf still reads the same date as to when everybody had left in a moment buckets of money on the ground, homes that are simply 
left. Because the time had come to choose. You see, it wasn't anything that they hadn't experienced before. There was an earthquake, and they'd been through earthquakes before. But then the riders came into town, and the emails and the telegraphs came to the folks of these towns, of Nami. Leave. Choose. Go now. Seek higher ground. The earthquake had come and hadn't changed their lives, but it was the cloud that had come afterwards. For you see, there was a photo of a woman who was, well, obviously she wasn't there anymore, but at a laundromat of clothes that were still half pulled out when she knew she had to leave. Photos of school children's bright neon backpacks that were left on the ground when they received the news that the cloud was coming. The Fukushima Daiichi plant that suffered the earthquake had survived but contained in it material material that was radioactive and the cloud was coming and they had to make the difficult decision to leave immediately. So this week when you receive the call to choose to serve the first thing I would pose to you is to accept Jesus Christ to choose to accept him to be moved for our Savior gave his life on the cross for you and for me for those small decisions that we felt meant nothing but were clearly sin that we decided to rebel like Korah in small ways in big ways but Christ offers through grace and faith in him the opportunity to seek higher ground and to seek Christ as our Lord and Savior then what we have with Joshua is a call to to serve him so what does it mean to serve him it means to be perhaps at times unpopular to do the things that are uncomfortable for you to do the things that that make you perhaps a different changed person in your heart because of the love of Jesus Christ it's difficult but with with, lo- with the love in your heart of Jesus Christ, he makes it possible. So there are many of us who are believers. So I'll put the second half of this message towards those who have accepted Jesus Christ and the call to serve. That there would be five decisions that you have to pick from. That we as Protestants all have to make as part of our Anabaptist apostolic faith. The first one is the choice between faith and fear. Faith is what we should choose because of the grace offered to us through Jesus Christ. Faith, not works, are are the foundation of our church, the foundation of our faith, that nothing we do 
gives us any kind of righteousness. And sometimes it's hard. It was hard for me as a new believer to understand that. But it's faith, not works. And to choose grace, that's number two. To choose grace. By grace alone are we saved. When we look back on our lives, whether it's 40 years or or 80 years or 20 that all that we do, all the good works that we've done together to pile it up would be as filthy rags. But it's the grace of God that saves us. It's the grace of God that changes lives. So we have faith alone, grace alone. Third, Scripture alone. What does that mean? That when we have to choose between the preacher on TV that sounds great, but the message rings hollow or isn't founded by Scripture, that the things we follow as our apostolic Christian faith would always be based on Scripture. There are commentaries There are studies out there. This is a shameless plug for Wednesday morning's forum for those who snuck a peek into your schedule. There are different ways that that we can learn from each other and learn from commentary and and learn from, from how others have been reading God's word. But if it's not founded in scripture alone, then it is so easy to be, be deceived by that small decision, that small choice to say, you know what, this guy looks really snazzy up there in his suit and the message is just so blazingly uh, colorful and the music they play and the worship they have is loud and just, just works at my emotions to like to he- that I like to hear all of the, the song and dance and If the message isn't in Scripture alone, that we would be wary, that we as a church were to let in tradition or or custom or things supersede what's in God's Word, always make the choice to side with Scripture over our own direction or one man or one one perhaps new fad that occurs within the church that we would always hold it up to scripture. Number four. So we have by faith alone, grace alone, scripture alone. Number four, Christ alone. Jesus Christ who gave his life for you and for me, is the only name by which we are saved. There are those who say, live a good life, do good unto others, and the Lord will do good unto you, or God wouldn't let me perish. He loves everybody. Original sin from the first poor choice. It's a discredit to even call it a poor choice. The selfish, sinful choice of Eve from the very first sin 
has caused us to fall short and from that poor choice until now have caused us to be unrighteous before God's eyes. And the only name by which we are saved is Jesus Christ. So, Christ alone. No matter what kind of Unitarian or Trinitarian or, or just do what feels good is what Korah did, is what those who decided in times past, I'm comfortable where I am, this is a comfortable part of worship, and God, yeah, he's in there somewhere, that we are to serve God with our entire being, that we are to be new creations through Jesus Christ, as we call upon his name. Number five. So let's recap. We are saved by faith alone, by grace alone, in Jesus Christ alone. And then there's number five. To God's glory alone. Sometimes, and, and we'll see it um, creep up in our lives, that we lose sight of, of who it is that we worship, that it's God alone and only him. I have had pillars of faith that I've read about in the Bible, pillars of faith who've stood up here when I was sitting in a pew like you are now and felt like the word of God can only come through this brother or this teacher is so God-inspired, I only wish to aspire to be like him one day. And the carnal nature of looking to others for direction, the 250 of the most popular, famous heads of God's people were to follow Korah to their ultimate demise. In number 16 at the end, we read that they took all of the censers, all of the incense that those 250 that burned up in an instant, that God said, take all of those censers and melt them down and break them down to have no more memory of those who rebelled, of those who went their own way that was comfortable and popular and cool and ra'ah and set up a memorial to the Lord your God to remember this moment. So when Joshua now says to his people, to God's people, do you know the choice you're making and the gravity of it to choose this day? You don't have three days. You don't have overnight like they gave in the time of rebellion to Korah, but choose this day whom ye will serve. We serve the gods back over the river. Will you serve what's here in Egypt? Will you serve with your heart? It's beautiful how Joshua through the Lord had called him with those three different ways in, in knowing with the Lord's help, exactly how to put it. And that's the closing message for us here this evening. That he said in verse 15, if it seem, if it seem uncool or inconvenient or wrong 
to serve the Lord, then choose today who you will serve. What better time than when you think you've got it made, when you think you've got the right answers. If you this evening think you have the right way that church should be run or worship should be run or, the, or your righteous path in life should be run, if it's not based on grace and faith in that grace, the grace of Jesus Christ we find in Scripture to God's glory alone, then the decision you make are those little decisions that create a hardened heart that we read about. When we're told to choose this day as in the day of perdition, the day of rebellion. Let's continue reading the rest of that account in Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3 will start up. We, we ended up with verse 15. While, it's, while you call it today, if you hear God's voice, if you hear that that sin that you think you could take care of on your own and choose to ignore the Lord, don't let your hearts be hardened. And I know because when I was 13 and 16, 13, 14, 15, and 16, I knew of God and I knew Jesus Christ died but not the grace that he offers me when I fail. That I can't serve him perfectly, but when I serve him with my whole heart and I gave my life over to him, that he takes care of the rest. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. That's going to make the next nights of camp so much more difficult. Verse 16, For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom he was grieved 40 years. Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom he sware that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see they could not enter in because of disbelief. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of us entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached. So tonight, choose. Choose to be moved this week. If you do not know Jesus Christ, choose to at least listen to the message of Eastern Camp 2017 to understand his grace understand how he forgives from sin by just the simple faith of calling on his name. And for the believers, for those who understand God's grace, the call to serve it means something different for each of us. It might mean something uncomfortable. It might mean something brand new. My prayer this year is that our eyes and hearts would be open to being moved, to choose to serve in ways that, that perhaps we've never considered before. There are folks back in North Phoenix who were willing to serve my wife in her illness and my family in our needs 
not just through prayer, but assistance in, in ways that are just remarkable. My wife's account of all of the cards that we received that showed love and reminded her of Scripture and reminded her of her peace through Jesus Christ brought her through some of the darkest hours that some of us have that don't last today, that don't last for weeks or months, but could last for years. To be open and willing to serve. When Christ talked about those that are um, many are called and, and few are chosen, he's speaking of the vineyard and that sometimes you're called early in the morning to give of yourself all day long. And some of us are called just for the last few hours of life. So if the circumstances come where these are the last few hours of your life, whether it be by core and rebellion or North Korea with an EMP that detonates above this nation that puts these lights out and everything that's unshielded, laid to waste. And the nation that has been so prosperous for the last 200 years that the United States of America could be reduced to rubble in an instant by an airliner that has a cargo that is able to destroy either through a cloud that you cannot see, smell, or hear. And all of our lives are snuffed out to choose. To choose today who you will serve. And if you choose Jesus Christ to serve with your whole heart, that today you will not let your heart be hardened. And I wanted to read, as we seek for that higher ground, the words of the song that is the theme of our hymnal. I know it's Science Harp Night tonight, so most of you don't have it. But the lyrics of the song of Higher Ground, written by Joseph, uh, Johnson Oatman. I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day, still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. My heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay, though some may dwell where these abound. My prayer, my aim for all of us is the higher ground found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Lord, we are thankful that you are a mighty and a powerful God. We are thankful that it doesn't take three days for your spirit to arrive here, but he's here already. We've seen the power of the singing and the power of a clear message ringing forth in this auditorium. The choice has to be made. And Lord, while it could be that a radioactive cloud wafts over this country and destroys much of it, we know that there's a dam about to break in many of the lives of the people here. The dam might be a tragic situation. It could be the distraction, a wave, massive wave, flood of distraction through a relationship 
or school or work or whatever it is. It may seem like a small decision, Lord, but it's monumental to choose you, to choose Jesus, and avoid the catastrophe that's waiting in the wings. We pray, Lord, that people don't wait, that people choose today to serve you, to seek you, to want to know you. Lord, build in this place this week a hunger for your truth, a hunger for all that is good based on biblical wisdom. Help us, Lord, to join together in our hearts and our prayers that no one leaves this place without making the proper choice for Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen.